0: Welcome to CoreLogic REIP Market Insights with Tim Lawless. I'm your host, Sadness Smiles. This is where you will get the most up-to-date information on what is happening across the country in the property market. Our data is underpinned by CoreLogic. Tim Lawless is the leading expert on the real estate market and REIP is a collective of real estate industry leaders committed to uniting and empowering the industry and our clients. Please enjoy this month's Market Insights. Welcome to Market Insights. I'm your host Sadna Smiles, and with me is Tim Lawless, who heads up the RP Data CoreLogic Research Team. Tim, welcome. How are you?
1: Hi, Sadna. I'm, I'm really well, thanks. It's, it's been quite a, a frantic uh, start to the month already. So, and uh, it's, it's still early days. So, it's going to be quite uh, quite a busy March, I think.
0: I know, because, you know, the market is really defying logic, isn't it? Despite all the border closures, the snap lockdowns, the lack of migration into many of the capital cities, higher unemployment than before, flatter wages. It just seems that the global pandemic isn't going to burst the property market in Australia, certainly. What is driving the fastest growth in 17 years?
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. So our numbers for February were were up 2.1% nationally in terms of housing values, and as you say, that the fastest in actually 17 and a half years. So it's it it is a very strong market. It's a really diversely strong market. We're seeing values rising all around the country. Every capital city, every regional rest of state market is up. So there is some commonality here. Obviously, uh, this isn't just low interest rates that are creating this this, uh, this surge in housing values, although that, of course, is one of the factors. We can get mortgage rates at the moment uh, on fixed rates that are well below 2%. Mm-hmm. So there's there's very low mortgage rates, and as well as the prospect that rates aren't set to rise anytime soon, although there's growing speculation that could be earlier than, than what the RBA have originally thought, which was 2024. Um, But there's also the fact that we're seeing the economy improving much more swiftly than expected. You you mentioned things like, uh, you know, labor markets are still pretty loose. Uh, We aren't seeing much income growth either, but at least we're starting to see some improvement in those metrics. And uh, we are seeing the economy beating forecasts quite substantially, even even the best case scenario. So that's really fueling consumer sentiment. So people are feeling more confident, which is really important to housing. You know, housing is such a high commitment decision. buying or selling, that you need to have a, a confident household sector uh, for a market to be buoyant. And that's definitely improving economies flowing through. And then on top of all that um, rising demand, you know, we're seeing buyer numbers up about 35% compared to a year ago, we've still got very low advertised supply levels. So our listings count uh, at the end of Feb was down about 25 26% compared to the same time last year. So we can see this, this really clear disconnect between supply and demand. Supply is down about uh, 25, 26%. Demand is up about 35%. And of course, you know, marketing 101, that's, yep. that's what's pushing up prices, is yeah. this, this urgency coming into the market.
0: What are the strongest performing capital cities and why are they performing in that way?
1: Well, previous to, to Feb, it was very much a story about the smaller capital cities, particularly uh, Darwin and Perth really leading the, this rebound, which was great news for those markets after such a long sustained downturn. But in February, we started to see the larger markets once again pushing forward uh, stronger than, than than the smaller markets. So Sydney, uh, Hobart, uh, not that Hobart's one of the larger cities, but Sydney, Hobart and Melbourne all led the growth stakes. We saw values in Sydney were up 2.5% in the space of a month, just a huge number. Mm. Melbourne was up 2.1%. Still seeing very strong conditions in Perth and Darwin, Brisbane, Adelaide, uh, everywhere is rising quite quickly. But it looks like the, the larger cities are just starting to play catch up a little bit. We know from Melbourne's perspective, that second round of lockdowns uh, that ended at the end of September, really sort of delayed that market's uh, um, recovery phase and that that seems to be well and truly underway now.
0: Mm. Our regional markets are showing a strong growth however the performance gap has narrowed what is causing that that narrow narrowing gap?
1: Yeah so so for some context the last 12 months we've seen regional housing values have risen by 9.4% and we've seen capital city markets rise by 2.6% so that that divergence in performance has been really clear by both regional markets not seeing a larger fall in values through the worst of the COVID phase, but also seeing a more rapid bounce back. But the last month has only been um, about a percentage point difference between uh, or a basis point difference, sorry, between between the growth rates uh, between the capital cities and the regional markets. So I think there might be a couple of things happening here. One is that uh, the, the resurgence of Sydney and Melbourne to, to, to accelerate is a big part of, of this narrowing of the gap. Mm. And I'm not sure how long that can be sustained, considering both those markets, even though they're still about one to one and a half percent below their previous highs, they are still relatively expensive. And I think affordability constraints will be a little bit more uh, pressing in those two markets. But I think also we'll continue to see some strength in those major regional centers uh, driven by this, this trend we're seeing of more people looking for lower density, lifestyle options, um, all of those, those major regional centers, as well as a lot of the rural markets. You know, Mildura, for example, is, is up around the top of the league's tables at the moment as we see a lot of those agricultural markets come out of drought and uh, really move on to a fairly rapid recovery trend as well.
0: Mm, which is good to see for the regional markets, and you know, you hope you hope that that trend will continue for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think for anybody in the regional markets, that they know that generally regional markets have wanted well underperformed the capitalists. Yeah. So it's good yeah. for them to have time yeah. in the sun.
0: There's been predictions I've been reading recently um, that they suggest that the market increase is is, is going to be in upwards of twenty percent. Um, is that really sustainable given everything else that's going on?
1: Yeah, so it depends on what time frame we're talking about. So the, the latest um, forecast is coming out of say the Westpac economics team, for example, was a 20% growth 20%, rate of yep. years, uh, yep. 10%, 10% um, in 2021 and 10% in 2022. Yes, with a little yes. bit of change, uh, you know, um, Perth and Brisbane uh, from memory, were leading the growth stakes on their forecasts for this year, but then moving to the larger capitals next year. So absolutely, I think this is entirely possible. Uh, If you look at the annualized rate of growth at the moment, keeping in mind sort of the national growth rate over the past quarter, a rolling quarter, was 4%. You can annualize that and we're looking at uh, sort of 16% growth in a year. I don't think that's that's realistic, by the way. I think we will see a a slowdown of the rate of growth through the second half of the year. So when you consider that we've already seen a pretty decent start to, to the year, um, and say a fade of the growth rate through the second half of the year, a 10% growth rate looks uh, looks very doable to me, mm. at least mm. on a national basis, but with, with some diversity below the numbers.
0: Mm. You mentioned earlier about the supply and demand pace that's happening at the moment and low listing numbers certainly does favor our sellers. And, and you know, there's, a, there's an element of first home buyers on the market at the moment. And I would imagine they're having a little bit of FOMO as well, you know, fear of missing out and, and that might be pushing price points up as, as well. What advice do you have for first home buyers at the moment? Well, I think for any
1: any buyer, regardless of their first home buyers or non-first home buyers, it's you know, buy according to your own circumstances and your budget, not to the market cycles. You know, it's, it's really, really hard to time a purchase to, to line up with either, you know, the bottom of the market in the growth phase or a right away of capital gain. I think for any, any owner-occupier buyer, it really comes down to you know, uh, buying because of your own circumstances, not because of the, the state of the marketplace. Generally, property ownership is going to be a long-term thing, and you'll sort of go through cycles, and uh, um, things will, will tend to even out through the ups and downs. But as you say, it is, it is a seller's market out there. Uh, there is some urgency amongst buyers. So for those buyers that are you know, serious and are ready to get into the marketplace, I think the best thing you can do is have your finance in order for starters. So it's make sure that you can go in there with your best foot forward and you potentially don't have to put a finance clause in there, just, just improves your chances of, uh, of getting the property and just be ready to act. You know, This isn't the sort of market where you can deliberate a long time because somebody just comes in and buys that property uh, out from under you. So uh, yeah, it's probably uh, just just be ready and uh, and find a property that, that's suitable for your um, circumstances.
0: The unit market is still weaker. Do you see this changing anytime soon?
1: Well, probably not as a a whole. Uh, You know, the unit market is, is extremely diverse. So I think there is going to be overall we will see units underperforming houses. But if we drill down into it, what's driving that is a weaker performance across inner city high rise markets and a relatively resilient performance across more owner occupier medium density style stock. So I think that um, you know townhomes, villas, terraces—that the sort of medium-density form of what we call unit stock. I know it's really broad; you have houses and units, but the reality is there's there's everything in between. Um, I think it's that more owner-occupier, lower-density side of the unit market that will probably show a better performance. There does seem to be this pervasive shift away from higher densities, and we know that uh, those that type of stock is also generally more popular with investors who are less active in the marketplace, or at least proportionally at the moment, at a time when rental demand in those inner city apartment precincts remains quite low.
0: Mm. There is massive, massive disparity between the markets and um, the extreme in Melbourne and Sydney that we are seeing where, you know, rental rates are plunging. Um, do you see some relief in the, in the horizon for these investors?
1: Well maybe we're starting to see it already. Uh, we can see that uh, for the last two months we've seen both Sydney and Melbourne apartment rents have held firm. They're not rising but they're not falling anymore either so I think that there's a couple of ways to explain that. One, one is simply seasonality but we generally do see stronger demand conditions around the earlier parts of the year in the apartment market. That's when more students come back into the rental sector um uh domestic students at the moment not, not overseas students mm. unfortunately but uh, we're also seeing uh part-time jobs are now fully recovered uh, according to the abs labor force data we're starting to see some of the inner city areas becoming a little bit more vibrant than they were uh, over previous months during the lockdown so i think rental demand is probably or d- at least domestic rental demand is probably starting to come back into those inner city areas a little bit rents have come down, like in some of the inner city areas of Melbourne and Sydney, rents are down about 14% over the past year. So that makes them more attractive from a rental affordability perspective as well, which is probably helping to, to see those, those markets balance out.
0: Now, according to APRA, there is 1.8% of all mortgage debt is still deferred as at the end of January. Now this all ends in March as does JobKeeper. Could we see some forced sales occur into the market?
1: Well, I think it's uh, I think it's almost guaranteed we'll see a rise in, in arrears rates and gradually some forced sales coming into the market. So, 1.8% of, of mortgages on a deferred basis is much better than 11%, which is where it peaked at back in May last year. Still, a pretty big number when you think about it. Um, so, I think as we see mortgage deferral mortgage deferral program expire at the end of March, we probably will start to see uh, who's been, been swimming without their togs as the tide goes <laughs> out, so to speak. Um, I've got a sneaking suspicion we will see more distress in the investor space, particularly mm. in those sort of weaker inner city apartment markets. I also get the impression, uh, just from, from some of the statements we're seeing from lenders, is there probably will be some additional uh, uh, lenience or, or forbearance for owner occupiers who are on track with their repayments prior to COVID, but I'm not hearing the same sort of uh, relief um, that may be available for investors. So. Again, time will tell, but uh, we came into COVID with a 90-day arrears rate that was just a little bit below 1%, higher in WA, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we come out of um, this, this deferral, deferral program with arrears getting up a little bit above the 1% mark. So certainly not catastrophic, but uh, yeah, we should expect there's going to be some, some
0: uh, distress in the market. Mm. Well, Tim, the Australian property market doesn't fail to surprise us on a regular basis. Um, Look forward to what March will bring and what the numbers look like at the end of March.
1: Absolutely. Interesting times. Interesting
0: times. Thank you for joining us. Please take a few moments to rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, stay safe and stay connected.